the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast, hosted by 360 Energy. In today's episode, we will be addressing the importance of data management in a two-part series. Some key points to discuss today are the importance of collecting and analyzing energy and carbon data, why you should start now, how to manage team pushback, and more. These topics are meant to begin, guide, and enhance your organization with data management. Now on to the episode. Welcome back, Dave and John. Last week, we touched on data quite a bit. We will be going more in depth on the ins and outs of data management to help assist organizations aiming to meet their targeted energy and carbon goals. Today, we will be discussing the importance of data collection. Some topics we will be touching on, including benefits and struggles with data management systems, why you should start now, costs, and how to get the system up and running. Listeners, keep in mind our co-hosts both have an extensive amount of experience in this realm. Dave has facilitated a national data management system, and John has written many government documents on this subject matter. That being said, this will be an informative part series on data management. Dave, I'll pass this over to you. Could you start us off with the importance of data management and some disclaimers for today's episode? Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Lysandra. Hi, John. Uh, good to see you Hi, again. Ed. So this topic is probably one of the most important topics if you're trying to deal with managing energy. As you indicated, Sandra, both John and I have probably 30 years of experience focusing on this subject matter because if you don't do this well, then there's a good chance you're not managing energy. And quite frankly, because you're not managing energy well, then you're not managing carbon. We have spent a lot of time and do continue to spend a lot of time in this area because it has to be dealt with to put management processes in place. So I, I'm really excited about this topic and, and, and look forward to share uh, with our viewers on this. And you're gonna get an international perspective. It's not just a Canadian perspective, but John being in, in Europe, you'll hear a lot of similarities, but also some differences. So I think it's been great. The, the other thing I wanna quickly, just for our listeners is, is to make sure a lot of podcasts will deal with supply issues. We will be dealing with supply issues on the energy front. Uh, but this podcast and why we're focusing on this is to help customers out on finding out how to manage energy. I think we feel that's the missing link. And hence, that's why we're going to talk about data today, because that is a massive missing link. So let me just kick this off and say to you, data means many different things. It means different things to different people. But two variables that are very important for customers to be aware of and understand and deal with in managing energy is consumption and pricing. And what we find is most customers don't capture or have access to that data consistently. It's not well understood. It's not uh, reported in a fashion that people within the organization know what it means. So. Ultimately, you want data to turn into information so decision-making is made. And we find that because it's a challenge to get data, to understand what the data means, uh, this is one of the largest reasons why a lot of customers don't manage energy. So this is going to be a great topic, and we're, we're really looking forward to to address this going forward. I'm gonna pass it to John because he always stirs uh, some of the other thoughts I have as we go forward. So John, do you have any comments on, on what I've said uh, and how you wanna elaborate with more? Yeah, I think the real thing to think about with this is that any management discipline 
is about making decisions and to make decisions you need to be informed and in energy you, you're not informed unless you know how much you're using and what it costs you and we won't immediately rush into talking about carbon but if we don't measure energy we don't measure carbon accurately and I think it is such a fundamental we accept in other areas of business we have financial accounts we have management accounts we, we get people all parts of the organization are regularly getting figures you know sometimes every shift maybe every hour but certainly weekly monthly figures it's everywhere and you will sometimes go into an organization where there's all of that information and suddenly there's a gap there's an area of silence and that that's where where the energy data's sitting i think though what i'm going to say about reflecting on the 30 years in this what we have seen the attitude towards data has not changed but what we've seen is 30 years ago if we did collect data we probably wouldn't have got a lot of it today we can get so much data we can drown in it i think that's where it becomes interesting because some people go, ah, oh, what you need is you need massive software platforms to deal. Yes and no. You need to know this is the thing, just the same as your financial accounts. What are the figures that matter? And I think that's what's important in data management for, for energy and carbon is understanding what is the data that actually matters. There could be a lot of data that you could collect and you would do nothing with it. So the question is, why have it so we've got to be on a good we've got to be on a good data diet we've got to be eating the right stuff i think that's a really good yeah, point no. and oh sorry i was just going to say how do you determine what data matters yeah it's a great question that feeds into what i was about to say different data goes to different people and it should be used in a different way and be able to talk to the different disciplines in such a way so i think that's will be very important to understand how data fits and who should have it and where it should be used in managing the energy. The other purposes of data, and you're saying what you, you collect, but I'm, I'm answering it in a roundabout way. There's two deliverables. One is tracking progress. So how's things changing? That's one thing you want to do. And then the other approach is what I sometimes call investigative. You know, we want to look, you know, under the hood, at the process and go well what's actually going on in there so you would look at it more closely but coming back avoiding being a politician and answering your question with a completely different answer to Sandra coming back to your original question what data you need to collect that's going to be driven by what your plan and your strategy is and then arguably that in itself gets driven by where you are so the simple way to start with if you don't know your annual cost and your annual consumption that is your starting point if you don't know that and know that well and can verify that you you really you're not in the game then you can start looking with more detail as you understand more and in actual fact that's the first question we ask customers when we meet with them and we ask it to different people now the, the the answer should all be the same. It may not be surprising to you, but the answers tend to be different because they don't know or they think they know. So John's dead on, like understanding your annual cost, your annual consumption 
is the first point. That being said, many organizations don't do that and, and capture that information and share that within their organization. And, and one point is it's a story, but it's a true story. We were dealing with a firm in a, a fairly large pulp and paper organization, and they were doing training. And I asked the question and I had 20 senior people around the table and I asked how much money they spend on utilities. So only one person knew it was a purchasing person, but they gave me a $20 million variance. Actually, this company spent $100 million on utilities and no one knew the number. And so I thought, oh my gosh, if you don't know that, how can you manage it? So I don't think that's what I've just described is in isolation. I think that happens more times than you might think. And because of that, they don't think no one cares about it because no one actually tracks it and, and manages it. I'll throw something into that as well. You know, I'm an engineer and Lysandra, you're an engineer. And what, one of the things that engineers will often respond to you when you're talking about this, oh, I don't need to know the cost. That's the procurement guy's problem. I don't need to know about that. I want to just know what I'm using. There's an, that's right, but it's also wrong. And the way it's wrong is most of the, well, all the organizations we work with are out there to make a profit. And profit's measured in what? Money and dollars. And if you're not doing the same for your energy, you know, you don't know how big a, pro you know, you say to somebody, we're using 10 million kilowatt hours a year, they're going, yeah, what does that mean? But if, as Dave said, by the way, I, I haven't done the calculation, I'm not doing that on the fly. But if somebody said, oh, we spend $20 million a year, people will then start going, hey, maybe that's something we should be looking at. Whereas if it's in figures they don't understand, you know, or worse still, if we move over to natural gas and you start talking about GJs or, or MBTUs or something like that, then the veil comes down, it goes blank, you're talking gobbledygook. Yeah, this is an issue I see in the efficiency front where technical people will talk technical and the business people just, they don't know what's being talked about, so they shut, they just shut down and, and they aren't open to decisions because or recommendations because they don't know what is being stated. It's not put into business terms. And that, that's a big missing element for sure that needs to be fixed and understood. I wanted to come back, Lysander, because we're talking about data and what data needs to be prepared or provided. And I know we're, we're, there's going to be multiple podcasts to discuss this. We're going to talk about consumption, but there, there's information such as what are the drivers to your data? like. You need, sometimes you need production data to be made available with your energy data. You need to know, perhaps it's weather data that needs to be made available associated with that. So there's a variety of sources that you need to have and to use to benchmark where you're at. And those things may not come easy for customers to find and, and to extract in a cost-effective way, which I think is another reason why Maybe people don't manage energy as well as they could, or carbon. Well, Dave, I think you made a really good point in that everyone understands money. It's the technical stuff that, you know, not everyone understands in a business. So it's about bridging that gap together, I think. So thank you both yeah. for those disclaimers and very short intro, John. <laughs> 
John, you briefly touched on this. There are so many data points out there. For some, this could be an easy collection, but for others, collecting the data itself may deem to be very time consuming and a bit of a headache. What are the benefits of collecting and analyzing energy and carbon data to an organization? Why should they get started? Okay, that's a nice complicated question in some ways. Those are my um, favorite. It's going to be another short one for you, Lysander. Yeah, right. <laughs> a short one, uh, because it makes sense. End of answer. Um, <laughs> no. Um, Great, now why? Yeah, why? Because I think we go back to what we said. How on earth do you know what you're going to do to manage energy if you're not measuring it? Yeah, you could go around. Here's a good example. You could go around. I can remember, again, Dave told an anecdote, I, I, I told one, a logistics depot, and they had a monster warehouse, and in the corner of it was a cold room. And talking to them, and we said, okay, you need to be doing something, you know, you, what you're doing about energy and that. And they go, oh, well, we're really working on that cold room because, you, you know, refrigerating stuff, that's expensive. We're really working on that. We're looking at new compressors and we might be upgrading the insulation and everything else. And this was part of an overall audit. And I sort of went away, thought about it, started crunching the figures. This was a major warehouse with no natural lighting that operated 24 seven. The cost of the lighting totally dwarfed the cold store in the corner. And the place that you should have been doing something was the lighting, not the cold store. But if you just looked at it and used your, shall we say, some gut instinct, like there's the one, the classic one on this is saying to people at home, what domestic appliance uses a lot of energy? And sometimes people overlook the fridge, forgetting the fridge is a 24-7 item. But it's a matter of all getting it in context and just using rules of thumb. Rules of thumb work if you understand what the hand looks like. So I think that's a, a reason there. I think another reason is at some point you're going to have to say to your boss, the boss is going to say, so, OK, you've been working on this for six months. What have you achieved? Oh, well, I think we're using less energy. Why? Well, because we've changed the lighting. Yeah, but has, is that using less energy? Well, I don't know. I mean, it sounds silly, doesn't it? Or worse still, oh, it must be saving us energy because the supplier who installed it told us it would. You know, yeah. it's not the way. It's not the way of handling it. It's not the way of handling it. You need I, to be. I, I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to add to what John's saying. So certainly setting understanding what your current status is and prioritizing where you want to focus on the business side you need this information to start setting budgets that that management needs to figure out what their costs are going forward for next year this data is invaluable if you're looking at doing projects or or also buying commodities and like energy commodities you need them to have that information to ensure that you're purchasing the appropriate supply volume that you need. So it's got so many things tied to it that are related to business that most organizations don't realize or understand the value of. And I would say this in the work that can be done by customers, if they don't have this data, if they don't understand how to use the data, there's probably a good chance 
that they've made decisions and those decisions they, they haven't vetted or verified if it's actually working and they might keep on making the same decision that's not working and then no one's actually proved it. So you need to have this information just like any other business, you need data to prove what you're doing is right or wrong and if you're going the right direction. Yeah, there's a, there's a small example of that in here in the UK and it's a good few years back. There was looking at putting a particular form of control system for optimum start, set, setting the best time for a heating system to come on. And this was for municipal buildings. And it was in one authority, it was put in one building and somebody said, it's working, we'll replicate it. They went and replicated that over 40 buildings. A later audit showed that the system did not work in the first building and it did not work in the, the total portfolio and that's because it had been assessed on oh it seems to work let's repeat it and again believing what what was said on the box if you like when the thing was bought oh this will save you 10 percent this will save you 10 percent if you use it the right way you could put it in and it doesn't but if you're not getting information back you don't know and, and i think this is the investigative side by collecting data and understanding it you can optimize a system if they'd done that at that first one they would have realized what was wrong with it they could have optimized it and then the money would have been spent better having said that and i'm going to be really cheeky here because of this kind of problem this is the reason that some engineers and i'm going to say engineers aren't too keen on this because they don't want to see whether the thing worked or not, which sounds bizarre, but there are a few out there, not many, but there are a few out there don't want to be held up to account to see whether it works. Well, the truth is you should be because a good engineer will put something in, check how it's working and then go, oh, it needs adjustment. It needs changing. You know, it's it's the right way of doing the job. John, I, it's not just engineers. We see financial people in purchasing that arrange, they do a transaction, but their contract's based on a set volume. And they assume the volume that they put is actually accurate or even is gonna happen. And so they just look at once, but but in managing energy and commodities, you, you, you should be tracking that information, that usage information every time because it has an impact on your contract on a monthly basis. And a lot of times, most people don't actually understand that and that's they incur a cost or because they don't have that proper understanding going forward so i'll just reinforce this is a continuous process this is not a project this is a continuous process and capturing data and sharing that information and making sure people understand what it is and how they can use it to to manage energy and carbon i want to really stress that well, thank you both for that. We've talked about quite a few different benefits of these systems. Now on the other side, what are some struggles organizations will have with beginning a data management system? You both already briefly touched on this, but you mentioned how members of the organization could have some pushback, whether financial advisors or engineers. How do companies work around this? I think one of the problems is I mean, let's start with something, something simple. We're not gonna go into the detail, but simple utility billing one of the problems that you can find there for example is the utility billing is within the accounts department 
and they don't feel very keen on sharing that information to people outside the department. It's because a utility bill is your first chunk of information that you've got. And interestingly enough, I mean, we, we have some, in, in the UK, we've had some very complex utility bills that could be 10, 20 pages long. And the accounts department are interested in three things. When's it got to be paid by? How much is it? And what proportion of that is tax? And <laughs> end of. And there's a whole load of data that gets lost there. So they photocopy that and they photocopy the front page, which is what they've got. They send it to the guys doing the energy management and there's 10 pages of data lost. It's, it's that kind of, of uh, initial problem. And, you, you know, there may be people listening to this who think, goodness me, we're way ahead of that. Great. But there are still people who have this split between what's there and how to get the information. But I think that's your starting point. What paper based information, I say paper, it might be electronic PDF or whatever, but what paper information do you have or should you have in your organisation at the moment to start with? Get hold of that, understand the pathways of that, collate that. That's, that's a starting point. Where you've got to be careful about is not rushing in to going, oh, I think we need to install a lot of submetering. Hold on. Don't rush into that. We'll perhaps talk about that in another po podcast. But uh, get people, it's, it's the education piece again, isn't it? You know, get people to understand why you want the information and what you're going to do with it. Yeah, if I could dig into what John's saying, you know, mapping out how a utility bill actually makes its way through an organization. I, I echo uh, what John's saying. Certainly here in North America, they, they pay the bill. But we've identified there's things on a utility bill. And, and quite frankly, they're common. It doesn't matter if you're in, in San Francisco or in Nova Scotia. They, they're represented differently. So consequently, it's hard to comprehend or understand. But there's specific data that's on an electric or gas utility bill that is the same. It doesn't matter what jurisdiction. And that information isn't gleamed or captured. And, and that's a cost element that we think restricts customers from actually doing something. And so in 2011, in the national initiative we had working with some various parties, we were conveying or encouraging uh, a QR code to be made readily available so someone could scan the QR code and would suck in those pieces of information. It didn't matter if you were in BC or in New York, that the, the information would be the same. And so because the way it is now, it's really tedious and hard to comprehend the benefits of actually gleaming that information. And so I, I think that's one reason why that information is not shared or captured with, within the organizations. Well, both of you have made many great points. Thank you for your time today, Dave and John. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Thank you, Lysander. That's all for today's episode of the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on our website at 360energy.net and follow us on LinkedIn at 360energy, Inc. Tune into our podcast on Apple Music and Spotify by searching the 360 on Energy and Carbon. You can watch the video recording and subscribe on YouTube at 360energy, Inc. See you next week.